All right, welcome back to another episode of Bible Talks. We are uh, talking seals, trumpets, and bowls in the end of the age. Um, and I am so jazzed for this particular episode uh, because uh, in my conversations with you, Jamie, uh, this is one of those things that like, it just, it, the light bulb went off and all of a sudden I was able to visualize what's actually happening. I was able to sink my teeth into it. Um, so we just talked through uh, the, 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 the seals. We talked through uh, the seven trumpets and we ended by talking uh, through the seventh trumpet, which is essentially Jesus coming back. Mm-hmm. Now we're getting ready to talk about the bowls, um, and uh, there's so much that I want to I want to go into. But let me just ask you this: Describe to me um, via the Bible, right, what's happening as Jesus is coming back to the earth? Mm-hmm. Because I've always looked at it as it's like. You know, there, there's so many verses. You know, everyone, everyone's gonna see him. You know, it's like, okay, so he's gonna, he's gonna, this little tiny man is gonna ascend out of heaven into the sky, but we're all gonna see him somehow. And there's a giant, mm-hmm. loud trumpet, and next thing you know, we're all hovering up in the air uh, simultaneously. I don't know if we're naked. We, there's clothes <laughs> on the ground, but we're somehow wearing clothes. In my imagination. So, dude, just describe to me what the Bible actually paints yeah. that second coming as. Yeah. So I think I think there's, you know, it's it's just part of our idea. We don't really probably don't think about this subject too much, and then, and then if we do, it's very fantasy. It, it does. It's very disconnected from like the natural order of the earth. And, and the Lord, you know, when He created the earth, He created it good. There's something He likes about this. He wants, mm. and and so you know, the Bible talks about things like the earth is going to endure forever. It talks about, I mean, these ideas of the natural realm continuing. Um, you know, season after season, day after day, those kind of ideas. And so I, I'm always saying that to say this, is that the natural processes don't suspend at the second coming of Christ. Wow. Um, there's ages to come on the earth, right? The millennial kingdom is on the earth. There's 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 gonna be a continuation of of time and and you know at you know different aspects that we see in the natural order even now. And so yeah, because I you know, I used to think when Jesus come back, you know, he'd be Seven million feet tall. I don't know. You know, like time stops <laughs> the, the at that moment. Comes yeah, to yeah, life. yeah. You know, he one foot on the land, one foot on the sea, kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, you know, you don't think about no. It's actually a Jewish man who's you know maybe five ten, five eight. I don't know what he was. You know, mm-hmm. coming back. And it's actually the same Jesus, and you saw go to heaven is going to come back in the same manner. Yeah. Um. And you know, why do you stand here gazing? That's what they were saying to him. You know, like like, and that's the picture. Of there's a, a Messiah, a man coming back out of heaven. Um, and so there's, there's going to be still natural events taking place during that window when the Lord returns. And so, uh, in my opinion, and I, and I don't share this, not the, like only person thinks, but I believe that the, the, the second coming, we'll call it the second coming procession. It takes place over a one month period, okay. 30 days. What's a procession? Uh, talk about the, that would be the appearance in the sky, the traveling across the heavens says every eye is going to see him, you know, mm-hmm. when he comes coming, riding, riding on the clouds. Okay. And we'll talk a little bit about what those clouds yeah. are. Okay. But that means there's, there's some type of procession, some type of, 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 uh, parade, so to speak happening Great. in yeah. the sky. Right. Uh, but then there's other verses that, that we can look at that in the old Testament talk about, there's an actual landmark that takes place. And there was a time when he actually comes to the earth. And begins to do stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. there's things happening, and this stuff is is part of it. It would be the Battle of Armageddon, right? Yeah. The, the day that his feet stand on the Mount of Olives, the Mount of Olives shall split in two. I mean, Zechariah 14 talks about this I- idea. You know, so there's there's an actual um, uh, land procession that takes place that w- that would happen. 
Um, and then there's a, I would say, even a procession into Jerusalem to the coronation, the mm. crowning of him as, as king of the earth and those kind of ideas. But, um, and I believe it takes place over a 30-day window. And, I, and, and, and you say, where do you, where do you, where do you see that? And, and so we, we've, we've talked a little bit of this over and over again, that the, the Great Tribulation is said to be 1,260 days, 42, or 42 months, or time, times, and a half time. And it's just spelled three that Three and a half years. Three and a half right? years, All exactly. those are the same thing. Exactly. And that's found where? Uh, well, there's multiple places. The book okay. of Revelation uh, uh, talks about this in, in several different places. Revelation uh, you know, 11 talks about it. The 42 months, Revelation 13 talks about the Antichrist is given 42 months to reign. Gotcha. Okay. The witnesses prophesy 1,260 days. I mean, uh, Dan- Daniel says this several different times that the Antichrist is, were given to the, the, author- the Antichrist is given authority over the saints for uh, for time, times, and half a time. Um, and so th- it's, it's peppered throughout the scriptures, cool. right? And, uh, you know, Daniel talks about the, the Great Tribulation was start at the abomination of desolation, right? So, and we Meaning talked a little bit about three and a half year window of this, the seven this year statue that's set up in in the temple, or whatever whatever it is, this thing that happens in the temple that begins this time period of the great tribulation. So, in Revelation thirteen, it seems to indicate some type of some type of uh, idol that's been placed there in the temple. So, so here's so follow me here. It's always talked about one thousand two hundred sixty days, and then the, the the Messiah returns. All right, the new mm-hmm. sheriff is in town, and, and yeah. he begins to begins to take his authority and begin to reign. Twelve hundred and sixty. That's important days. for all the yeah, listeners. Very important. But here's what's interesting is that Daniel 12, verse 11, it says, From the time the abomination of desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. So not 1,260 right. days, which is what it's been saying. It's, everything's been 1,260 related to the timing when the Messiah returns. Cool. But it says the abomination is left. It's it's established and set in the in Jerusalem for a total of 1,290 days. So, so there's a 30-day so window. Day window yeah. of the of uh, there's a 30-day window after Jesus returns and before the abomination of desolation is taken down, all right? <laughs> and we know it's cool. taken down because it's only it's only allowed to stand for 1,290 days, which then logically says it's taken down after 1,290 days, or yeah. else it would just continue the number, uh-huh. right? So then the question comes, it, let's just imagine if Jesus is 7 million feet tall, he comes down and he just waves his hand over the earth and he says, evil be gone, everything blowed up, blows up in a second, Antichrist is fried, and all of the people that took the, the mark of the beast are gone, then the, then the question would become, if that's the way it's supposed to go, if that fantasy version of how the second coming is supposed to take place, take place was to happen, why would Jesus stay with the, why would Jesus hang out in the temple in Jerusalem with the abomination desolation for an extra 30 days? Yeah. He wouldn't. Right. I mean, we know that's true, right? So it tells us that there's some type, there's events that are taking place unto the ultimate destruction of the Antichrist. And that makes sense if you think about it, just from a natural standpoint, because the Lord's not suspending natural orders in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, you know, so and then so then it begs it shows other questions. Then you start looking at the writings of the prophets that talk about this landmark that's taking place. Where you know Habakkuk three talks about this one, this 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 going. Isaiah sixty four talks about who's this one coming up from Eden, blood stained garments on it. Edom, modern day Jordan. So there's there's an actual procession that's taking place. At the time Isaiah talks about Jewish captives being released out of prison cells, like concentration type camps. Wow. During this time, um, and so so. And it's happening all during this 30-day window. And then the bowls of wrath, if you look at the bowls of wrath, and this is where we believe that during this 30-day windows, the bowls of wrath are being poured out because specifically the bowls of wrath, are the only time it's ever said this, are specifically targeted against the throne of the beast. It says that over and over again. Okay. In other words, this is judgments that are taking place against those who took the mark of the beast and those militarily aligned with the Antichrist. So this is, this is, is as the bowls are being poured out, Yes, that's full-on judgment, not with... 
there's no time for repentance. Uh, the, the the windows for repentance. Well, I didn't. No, I didn't say that. Okay, I'm that. though I would say this: it's not time for repentance for those who took the mark of the beast. Okay, because it, it seems like it seems like what Revelation I think it's 14 talks about it says that if you take the mark of the beast, you will go to the lake of fire. Mm. But I'm not saying that people that there, there's still going to be undecided people. There's undecided okay. people that go into the millennium. That's who actually oh, populates that's the true. millennium. Yeah, we talked about so that. those okay, people. I think right. can, are still going to be able to come. To, that, God doesn't ever suspend this idea that He suspends salvation. Yeah. I don't. I don't see that as biblical. I think salvation begin even goes out through the millennial reign. Uh, the Great Commission is actually throughout. Okay. You know, and so, but, and the one reason I would say that is that Isaiah 66 says that after He comes in fire, after He comes. And does the, the the second coming procession mm. and all that stuff? It says it says then he'll go out and send delegates out to the nations that have not yet heard about him. Yeah, and, that's uh, true. And yeah, so and he'll bring them to the Lord. So there's 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 a continuation of the gospel. Now there will be a gospel witness in every nation, but that doesn't mean that every human being has heard the gospel by the time of second Christ yeah. Christ come. Because he's still going to go out and get those people. Okay. But this, so so we're, we're getting yeah. We'll hit that. We'll have we'll yeah. episode on millennial kingdom. Yeah. Um, so. Going back to, uh, can we do it chronologically? Let me. Can I ask you that? that? That might be helpful if we go. Okay, if you'll describe to me Jesus returning, yes, what that looks like, and then go what he's doing in the sky, yeah, yeah. then what he's so, doing on the earth, and then the culmination where the bowls are being poured out. Yeah. So the second coming, the great appearing of, of the Lord, in my opinion, and I, I, I could be wrong about this. It, it seems to be taking place the same day the two witnesses are actually caught up into heaven. It almost wow. and 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 there's different people who disagree with that. I, I I'm not I don't want to necessarily go into all that, but in my opinion, just and without trying to give all the math, yeah, it seems like their their resurrection is the last moment of their prophecy. In other words, they they probably die three and a half days earlier prior to the uh, to the 1260 days ending, and then their last their resurrection is their last prophecy. They go up into into the heavens. It says that many many of the rest that see that. Give glory to God, which in, in Revelation means they repent. They come, okay. they, they they give their life to Christ, and it's like the last. It's one of the last great revivals prior to his actual appearing in the sky. It's like the the last bus ticket to get on with the rapture. If you're gonna if you're gonna get on, or you know yeah, what I'm saying. Makes sense. Um, and so, uh, so he he then will appear probably that same day, from what I, best I can tell. But anyway, so. Um, and he he appears in the sky, and we talked about he said the, the these judgments are against the throne of the beast. Solely because you got to think about all believers will now be glorified during this this thirty day window. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you're not, you know, you you've either been resurrected or you've been raptured, but you're with the Lord. You're with Him on the earth, yeah. But you're not. You can't be a target of the judgments. You can't be affected by the judgments, right? You're you're now eternal. So Jesus comes in in the sky. The rapture is taking place. Yeah. So so let's go to that. So um, and I can't. We may have talked about this in an earlier session. So just yeah, it's okay. Yeah, keep going. But uh. You know, it talks about that in Thessalonians says that says that you know the trumpet of God. He says he'll come. It says you know with all the saints. It says and all the saints with him, right? Uh, or sorry, Zachariah says that, but it says, it says but Thessalonians says that that um, the dead in Christ. And it goes on. It says it says it says it says we believe those who died in Jesus. You know, uh, how does it say? It says uh, um, falling asleep. Fall, yeah, yeah, falling yeah. asleep. It says and it says he says he'll come with the with all the saints. But it also says the dead in Christ shall rise first mm-hmm. in the same passage. So this is really interesting. So he's coming back with everybody, and the people that died in Christ are getting up out of the ground. Mm-hmm. So, wait, so then the question is, who's who's who are coming with him if they're all in the ground? And see, so this is the this is the idea of uh, you know that's mostly I believe in most Protestant circles. Though though I I, I do agree. I'm not, I'm not, I agree. I I understand the view of soul sleep and and those ideas. The idea that that that, that, that you know you just stay in the ground until 
the resurrection. There is no intermediate state in heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think, there's, I think there's verses that make that very, very difficult. Right. Revelation 6 being one, the souls under the altar that are crying out. Like, that doesn't make sense. If, but anyway, but th- there's people that have good thoughts on that. My, my, my point is the idea that of the intermediate state, that when you die, that your soul actually goes to be with the Lord until the resurrection of the body. And, and if that's true, then this makes a lot of sense, that he's coming back with everybody out of heaven. In other words, from, from Adam and Eve, exactly, to your grandma that loved Jesus. Everybody's coming back with him, but their dead bodies, and this is the idea of the resurrection. This is one of the purposes of it, is to actually, it's actually going to be ascending up. And so the Lord, it's fascinating, but he has, he has a, an accounting system of every atom that's ever been on the earth and every dead body that's de- decomposed, mm-hmm. you know, and I mean, you think, and, and he's going to, he's going to, he's going to revive and bring those things together. And this, I think this is a little bit like, you know, kind of what Jesus was pointing at with the resurrection of Lazarus. And they were like, dude, like God, he's, or Jesus, he's, he's been dead four days and, you know, he's, he's decayed now. He's decaying. He's, he's rotten. He, there's a smell. There's that. They were like mm-hmm. trying to tell him, you know, yet when he comes back, he's, completely whole. Yeah. So whatever it rotted had, had now been made whole. And, that, and that's a very minor example, but, but it's that same picture. The Lord's going to, you know, and it, you know, it's interesting, even like scientists say that you can't actually reduce atoms. I mean, you could change their form. You can, you know, but the, whatever was here a billion years ago is still here today. Mm-hmm. So the Lord has an accounting system, you know, and, and no matter how you die, whether you got blown up or you could just got laid, you know, rest in there, yeah. God's going to bring those things together. Um, just like he did from the dust of the earth the first time. And their bodies are going to go up in the air, and they're, in other words, they're going to travel up to the, the glory cloud that's coming down, along with the souls that are pouring out out of heaven, and they're going to meet in the air. And so people are going to have be changed. In other words, they're, they're, they're glorified. So, I mean, if you think about it this way, if you die between now and then, you're literally going to be coming out of heaven watching your body racing towards you, mm-hmm. you know, wow. and it's going to meet, and it's going to become what's called the glorified body. Um you know the 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 resurrected body that you'll you'll have forever, and it's it's physical yet it's spiritual. It's 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 two together. Now is everybody on the earth doing that at the same time? Like is Jesus coming right. back in Georgia, and you know the people in Jordan are, right. are rising right. up out of the ground? And well, it says this: it says the dead in Christ have to rise first. Okay, so so there's two ways you could look at this, and it just depends on how you how you read it. But it could mean that every dead person that's ever lived gets up out of the ground simultaneously or however it works and they come out and they go to meet the Lord. And then you, we who are alive and remain are then caught up together with him in the clouds. Okay. Now that could be talking about in a global scale or it could be in the regional scale. In other words, in every region where it's possible for every eye to see him as he's traveling over the skies. Okay. And, and I want, let me just you haven't pause. hit that yeah. point yet. Yeah. Just so you know. And yeah. so it says he he says it calls it the great sign of the Son of Man. It's like the procession of the Lord across the skies. But it's bigger than just like it, it, you know if you just saw if you looked up in the sky and saw a Jewish guy who was five foot eight, you know, flying like Superman through the sky. That's you know, I mean, granted, he's gonna be glorious and bright, so I'm not, I want to give it give it that. But I'm just saying, like, you know, you it just in our natural bodies, we'd be like, I can't even tell what that is, right? Right. But there's an entire procession. He's coming back with all the holy angels with all the saints that have ever lived, right? So we're on the, and we'll talk about this later, on the sea of glass, which is, that, that may be a new idea, but just hang with me, don't turn this off. Um, but that right there is a massive, massive, uh, you know, think uh, think Independence Day in the movie, <laughs> the spaceship kind mm-hmm. of thing. It's not a spaceship, but that kind of like scene of something huge is coming through through the skies. 
and it's why everyone can see the sign of the Son of Man coming across the heavens, and it's, mm. it's the 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 procession that's taking place. So the question is, as they get over a geographical location, so they get over Georgia or, or wherever you know wherever it is, then the dead in Christ in Georgia begin to go up, and mm. then the live that remain to go up after that. So that's a real possibility. So it's uh, as it's geographically put. No. So the question is, like, does he actually go to every single spot on the earth? But you got to think again. We talked about this earlier. That the finding a man alive is like finding rare gold. Okay, mm-hmm. so there's, the, the population of the earth is way less. Those that are alive most likely have now have actually to survive have actually uh, have actually migrated into central locations for survival purposes. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and, and yes, there will be the random guy who's out in the cave. I get that, but I'm saying from just a just sheer need of survival, there's going to be way more migrations to centralized locations during this time. Yeah. So there's not n- the necessity to hit every square inch of the earth during this time period. But at the same time, we don't know how fast the Lord's moving either. I mean, I, I'm sure it's mm-hmm. a pretty it's it's probably pretty quick. Maybe making several circuits around the earth is the idea. So so Jesus yes. comes back yes. with souls. Yes. Of everybody who's at that point ever lived. Ever lived. Or ever, ever died. Yeah, ever died. And and, loved and, and, Jesus. Yeah, that loved Jesus. Or, right? or, or, or was faithful prior to the Lord's coming, yes. And he's coming back. You made reference to this on the Sea of Glass. Yes. I think that's an important point because yes. otherwise it sounds like Jesus is flying around the earth with a bunch of random people. <laughs> yeah. So 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 let me let me get there a second. So, so, so he's going across the earth and then the dead of Christ go up and the live go up afterwards. And I don't know if that, like I said, I don't know if it's the global, everybody goes up together at the same time and, or and they all regional. meet like at a central, at, at a location across the earth, or if it's as he goes over the, the geographical location. And that is the rapture. That's what we're yeah, talking yes. about. Is, the is rapture that... is the, is, is so the, 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 the resurrection is what's happened to everyone who's died. Mm. And then the rapture is everyone who's still remaining. Okay. Right. That has to get glorified. And the resurrection happens first. Then yes. the rapture. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just one, one, one precedes the other. Yeah. Um, you know, and so, um, the the little challenge with the, the view I put is the idea that if it's if it's all just geographical, then you would in that case you would have you would have raptured saints going up pr- prior to some resurrected saints. Gotcha. But it just depends. Yeah. On, we, we don't know exactly what 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 Paul was. He's seeing a scene and watching this take place, over, or is he making a hard face fast case that no you know no. Uh, rapture can take place, you know, prior to the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. But anyway, that's that's just a nuance. I'm not sure. Um, so then the, qu- the question, and I said he's coming on the sea of glass. And so, but let, let me just back up from that, just to hear so you kind of lay the case for that. So so this idea that he's coming on the clouds, like we see paintings and we see pictures of, you know, these big poofy white, you know, uh, looks like marshmallow clouds, you know, yeah. and Jesus is up there with a big smile coming back or whatever. Maybe he's riding a horse. Um, and... But when we actually look at what kind of clouds he's referring to, we got to look at the the, new te- the Old Testament. We see obviously we see come down on clouds on Mount Sinai, and there was full of thunders. People were terrified of the clouds that that housed the Lord, right? Yeah. And and and, and if you guys remember, well, we'll uh, get there in a second. So so he says, um, uh, but if you look at Ezekiel one, which I think Ezekiel one is a very fascinating passage because Ezekiel one, Ezekiel is out by the river Chibar, which is you know he's he's near in in Babylon. And he's he's out by this river, and he looks to the north, and he sees a cloud coming towards him. But this cloud is obviously not a, a regular cloud; it's a cloud that's engulfed in fire, mm. and it's billowing out fire. It's like a like a nuclear explosion kind of thing, you know. It's that kind of thing like coming towards him, and it's a fire cloud. And and he he looks at the cloud, which and it says it was rolling towards him on the earth, like it was like, you know, it was low. It was this is the idea. It was I mean, it was mm-hmm. huge. It would probably extend it up into the sky, but it was actually rolling towards him. And he looks inside the cloud and he sees uh, four, he uh, eventually calls them cherubim, but angels. And each of them have a, 
have four faces, man, a face of a man, a face of a lion, a face of an ox and a face of an eagle. And it's like, it's like a, it's like think of a head and each side. So if the four sides of the head, like the breath, right, the back mm. and the front all have different faces. And it says they have like calf's feet, like, like blocks. All right. And, um, and it says that, that, that what they, they went to and for, it says they had, they had, they had two, four wings, two, they flew two they would, they would cover themselves whenever the Lord would speak. And, uh, it's, it, the picture is they're actually, they're actually hoisting. They got their hands above them mm-hmm. and they're holding something, which we'll talk about in a second. And it says that beside each of these cherubim, they have, a, there's a, there's uh he says actually the cherubim are full of eyes, but it has, they have a, a wheel. Like, just think, just think like a, like an old, uh, I don't know, like a cart, like a like you see on a wagon, like yeah, yeah. a wheel. But it's a wheel. It says wheel within a wheel, which is not. I've seen a lot of charismatics make this like super, like you know, woo. <laughs> and it, but it literally just means a wheel intersecting a wheel. That's literally okay. what it says. It's a wheel. This is hard to say if you're if you're listening to this because I'm I'm doing hand gestures right now. But it's like a wheel that's going one like a normal wheel, and then another wheel that's connected the other direction in a ninety degree angle, and so it it. It's in other words, it's it. So it almost looks like a T. Yeah, almost or, like, or, like, or like a little ball, yeah, across, yeah, like yeah. a ball, like a ball, almost. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And the point is, is that it can roll one direction, and they can also turn and roll the other direction. Yeah, that makes so sense. it can. And, and so it's interesting. It says that they did not turn when they went, but they. The, the idea is that that because every direction they go, it says they were always face forward, and the reason is that's why they have four faces, so that they go left, right, straight, north, whatever. They're always facing forward because they have a head that faces that direction, yeah. and the wheel allows them to go in that direction. So it's almost like it's kind of weird, but it sounds like they almost they almost only walk in ninety degree angles. That's right. <laughs> you know, that's they, right. They either go straight or they turn exactly. So this is this is Ezekiel one. Ezekiel one. Okay. But he sees so he sees these four angels, and each of them have wheels beside them, and they're sitting like in a square with a wheel on each on each side of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you could, this is so hard to talk about without drawing it. But it actually it, it almost looks like an automobile, and it's not an automobile, but it's like that that or like a chariot, you know. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a wheel on each angel, and they're hoisting something up, and there's a wheel beside each of them. There's four wheels, mm-hmm. right? And and it says in Ezekiel one, he says he looks above the cloud. He says, and these guys are moving really fast, like the fast speed of lightning, so 186 thousand miles per second. They they they're moving, and he's watching these guys. And he says, and above them was a sea, was a, a sapphire sea. Oh. All right. And then above the sea, he sees a throne and one sitting on the throne like the son of man. This should sound really familiar. Yeah. This, this, this is why this says in the Psalms says that he's coming back. We talk about the Lord's return. It says, says he's riding upon the clouds. It's the same idea. It's, it's, and he's been carried by the cherubim. Mm-hmm. That's what it says. This is exactly what he's coming back on. What Ezekiel saw is a picture of way, the way the Lord is going to return at the end of the age. So the throne room in Revelation 4 yeah. is essentially what I just heard you describe. You're saying, so the sea of glass, right? The throne, emerald dome, all that yeah. kind of stuff. That is actually what Ezekiel saw in Ezekiel 1. Yes, right. And you think about this, Daniel 7, Daniel looks up and he sees, this is when he's talking about the ancient days, the father. And he says, he says, he looks up and he sees the ancient days sitting, you know, Throwing the courts were seated, the books were. He says, and, and he says, and a fiery stream was issuing for him. Its wheels were of burning fire. Mm. So even on the Father's throne, there's these wheels. It's the same thing he sees Ezekiel thrown around, around the Messiah, and so and he sees it coming to him on the earth. And uh, and so, so when we get to coming on the clouds, yes, you know, the, the, that's the exactly. idea, the, the rapture just, of or exactly. the, the second coming, the, 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 coming the, the sea of glass run, running through the air in the clouds, right. And it's going to land on the earth eventually. All right. And and my opinion, and like I said, I'm, I'm stating a lot right now. I believe it's going to land in the Mount Sinai region, okay. Mount Sinai. 
And somebody go, well, that's impossible. How could they see a glass land on the Mount Sinai? Well, I would say this. It already did before. That's true. If you read the in book Exodus, of Genesis, yeah, uh, yeah, book of Exodus is very yeah. clear that, that when, when the, 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 the cloud came down on the mountain and people freaked out and they all ran. I mean, we all know this whole story, right? But it actually says that Moses says he went up into the cloud and the Lord said, go back down and get the 70 elders of Israel and bring them up here. Yep. It says they went up into the fiery mountain, into the cloud, and it says they stood on the sapphire sea. Yep. It says they ate a meal with God there, mm-hmm. right? And so angels brought them food yep, and they totally. ate whatever yeah, yeah. on the sea of glass that was on top of the mountain. Yeah. You know, and uh and it says they ate with the Lord. Yeah. Like God was there. Yeah. It was the throne room. And that's what Ezekiel says. He says, watching the sea of glass run towards him while he's on the earth. Mm. And this is interesting because if you look if, if we believe that the seventh trumpet is the second coming of Christ, the next chronological scene, which would be actually said in Revelation 15, and I don't I don't know if I have time to go into that, but Revelation 15 would be the next chronological sequence of the book. And it shows the saints standing with the Lord on the sea of glass, mm. right? Getting ready to pour out the bowls of, of judgment on the earth, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. So it's my, my point is, when we're caught up together with him in the clouds, we're being caught up together with him to the sea of glass that's traveling across the earth. Mm. So so this throne room, yes. right, that we, in our environment, like if, if you're listening to this in part of Gatekeepers, you are very familiar with Revelation 4. We talk about the throne room of God. What you, what you find... Is that it's it's actually mobile. Mo- it's a mobile throne. It's, room. it's literally like this mobile thing, right? And it's talked about in Ezekiel one. It's about in other places. Uh, Exodus right. uh, is is great, right? I just preached on that uh, in our series in Exodus, right? And so when Jesus comes back, he's not this little five foot, you know, ten Jewish man that's a speck in the clouds, and we're all getting caught up to him. And it's just he's coming back literally in that Revelation four throne yes. room. It's Hitting, it's coming down out of the clouds, right? Right, fiery clouds everywhere, with a giant group. I mean, billions of, of souls and saints with him. Yes, going around the earth, collecting each other. Either you know, yeah. if gathering it's the regional the, gathering, this is what Matthew twenty four says, gathering all the saints at that time from yes. the four corners of the earth, right. right? And then he lands on Mount Sinai. On that, yeah, and like I said, depending on how I don't know, it's like it's interesting with the dimensions thing, how that all works. You know, like is it. Is it like you know? Is it like there's a, there's a cloud? You go inside the cloud, and then you enter, and you see that you know it's it's much bigger when you get inside. Is that what yeah, you said? yeah, yeah. You I don't know that. Yet. I don't know. You know, I mean, the 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 cloud by day, the glory by night, kind of thing that was going. We don't know exactly how big that thing was. But this is taking place right at the twelve hundred or after the twelve hundred and sixty days. The tw- starts at the twelve sixty. Yes. So this is all. We're still on the seventh trumpet, basically yes. at this point. Yes. Right. So, yeah. so what so, happens so when Mount, he lands? So Mount Sinai, and then, and then once it lands, awesome. Sinai, then there's the ground march from, from it's, it's, he's the greater Moses. He's going to do exactly the, the same pattern that Moses did, where he... Um, where's uh, that at in the Bible? Where, where's the passage? So there's, there's several passages, I'll say it this way. Um, Isaiah 19, I believe it is, says he's coming on the clouds, and then he'll go to the, into Egypt. Okay. So that's just, that's just the very verse says this. And, and, it, and, and, then, and then there's other passages that talk about in that time, he begins to deliver captives these jewish i believe it would, it would be jewish captives at this time that are that are going to be on his team in just a minute but they've been they've been taken captive by the antichrist and he begins to open prison doors and it says it's all through isaiah <laughs> and he's so cool. and so it's us he's delivering them on a land march from egypt through um kind of the 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 you know up through jordan and into jerusalem up to the battle of armageddon uh wow. what we call the battle of armageddon battle for jerusalem but so it's the same route. Same route, but but a little bit different. So here's why it's a little different. Clarify real quick. The same route is what? Same route as Moses did on his 
from Egypt, from Egypt, right, to which, the promised which land. Which I want you to understand. I believe it's Deuteronomy says that that from uh, uh, Sinai to Jerusalem, to to the promised land, was supposed to have been a fourteen day. Yeah, it was trip. not a long trip. Yeah, and it wound up taking them you know forty years. Yeah. They got, they really didn't yeah, even take them yeah. forty years. They just made it. Yeah. You know. So so the so the question is how quick will it be? You know, with with the help the the aid of all the angels and all that. But my point is, is they're going to actually make the same march. The only difference is in the march. This time, and when I say they're doing the march, they're actually it's a war. It's actually, you know, it talks about the 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 blood going up the the horses bridle for you know, uh, two hundred miles that kind of thing. And that's really the picture from really from North Megiddo all the way down to, to Jordan that Saint that very region. Mm-hmm. And Isaiah sixty four says it's really bad. Like the Lord says, who is this one coming up who has blood stained red garments coming up out of Eden? And and in Revelation it actually says this is the battle. This is the what we call the the battle of Armageddon, whatever. It says that he actually quotes the same as that passage. It's talking about Jesus in warfare coming up through those regions and destroying the the wicked militaries of the earth. Wow. And um, and so there's this landmark that's taking place, this warfare. But the difference between Moses and Jesus is that uh, you know, and this is similar to how I think I, when Moses said he said the Lord's going to raise up a prophet to you like me. And 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 the New Testament clarifies this is talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so what ways does he like him? Well, one of the ways would be this. I mean, he's 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 it's the second it's the second Exodus. I mean, it's the for the unto the second land inheritance, which is what what Isaiah actually prophesies that that this is called the second land inheritance, the eternal land inheritance that was promised under Abraham and Isaac yeah. and Jacob. Um, uh, I don't have time to go into it, but Isaiah sixty five actually or sixty, I believe it's two, um, in the Septuagint actually calls it the, the calls it the that they shall possess the land a second time, um, mm-hmm. and. Uh, and this is where this is all taking place. And so, 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 um, uh, where we, oh, so, so, where's Moses? If you guys remember the story, after Sinai, he goes, he gets over to the land of, of Edom, right? And Moab and Ammon, mm-hmm. and the kings of those nations come out to the border and they say, you cannot pass through our land. And he, and then the Lord says, well, what? I mean, I mean, Moses is like, why not? They, they were afraid that they would go to war against him. And Moses, he said, we won't take anything from you. He said, "Whatever food that we have to eat on the way, we will we will pay back, and you know we just want to get to where we're going to go. We're not here to fight with you." And the kings of Ammon, which is modern day Jordan, actually says they say, "No, you cannot pass." And it said it greatly discouraged the hearts of the people, and that was actually when people started complaining. Mm-hmm. It was better for us back in Egypt, and their hearts actually turned away from the Lord. So you think of it, they had Mount Sinai, the kind of the marriage to the Lord, yeah. And then he has this new bride, so to speak, and he's going to take them into the promised land on the honeymoon, whatever. And on the way, they get stopped by these kings of Moab, Ammon, Edom, and they say, you cannot pass. And it greatly discourages their heart, and then they begin to turn from the Lord. And they begin Mm. to backslide. They begin to complain, that whole deal. And they have to walk all the way around those lands. Yeah. And it was very bad. And so when they get done, the Lord visits Moses, and he says, when you become a great nation and you have your you know, walls and your borders and all that, he says, I want you to, your people to go back down and kill every last one of them, mm. leave none alive for what they did to you. So you guys know the story later on when, when finally they, they get a nation and they get their first king, Saul. Yeah. And the Lord visits them and says, go to the, to the Malachites and kill every single one of them because I made a promise to Moses. Mm. That's what he said. And you guys remember, he goes and he doesn't actually do what the Lord says. He leaves at least the, the king alive, right? Yeah. But probably seems like he left some others alive because we see uh, the book of Esther, you know, the, the lineage actually it wound up existing mm-hmm. into in there. And, you know, you look at that passage and you kind of go, like, man, why is God so upset? It's Saul. He, he takes his kingdom away from him, kingdom away, and the whole deal. And he, 
and over this this thing when when Saul looks like he did ninety nine percent of what you asked him to do. Like most of us would be like, man, Lord, we you know we yeah, it's a good you know we did rate. we did you know we we did most of it. You know, like uh, grace, grace. You know? yeah. <laughs> but when you understand it from the standpoint that God made a promise to Moses that you would that, that your people would do this under the first king of Israel, you, you know, this is what I'm, I'm called you to do, and he and he doesn't fulfill the prophecy that God gave, and so. So if you think of it this way, what the Lord's doing is the first king of Israel didn't disobeyed and didn't yeah. do it. And so the Lord's going to send the last king of Israel, Jesus, and the he's not walking well, around the land of Eden this time. He's going straight through. Mm. And it's it's a bad day. And it's up to Jesus. the mountain. To, and so so there's, 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 a, there's, a, there's some ideas about... So some people think when Jesus returns... His first place he lands is the Mount of Olives, mm. and I, I can understand that 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 idea because of the um, you know the day that his feet stand on the Mount of Olives was Zechariah four, fourteen says he left from the Mount of Olives in the same way you saw him go he's going to come in like manner. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say that mean like manner doesn't mean to the same, the same spot, but it just but 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 we do know he is going to get there, and uh, and I just think there's other there's so many other verses about him traveling uh, of this of this traveling procession in the Old Testament prophets. This never happened before, and 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 the regions that talks about even Deuteronomy talks about you know the Lord coming with ten thousand saints you know from from that that, that region, and um and so he gets to Jerusalem, and goes up on the Mount of Olives, and what appears to happening at that time is that the nations uh the because the the Antichrist has, has assembled militaries around Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. If you think of it this way, it's not mostly it, by the end of it, it's mostly about the Antichrist is actually hoarding his militaries around Jerusalem to actually keep the King of Israel out. Wow. So the, the whatever, however many militaries he has that go all the way from North Megiddo all the way down to Jerusalem, because Megiddo seems to be the place where the actual the, the armies are gathered for battle, and it's the staging grounds. But the main battle seems to be taking place from the Old Testament prophets around Jerusalem. Yeah, and Zechariah talks about these Jews that have survived all the way through, and their backs are against the wall, and seemingly against the Mount of Olives, like they're about to be killed right there. And at that time, his feet, Jesus stands on the Mount of Olives. And a great earthquake takes place. Zechariah, Ezekiel talks about a great shout that takes place that causes the greatest earthquake uh, that's wow. ever happened. And this uh. earthquake splits the Mount of Olives. And, and, and it says it creates a canal that those Jews that were about to die at the hand of Antichrist are able to run through the canal to like escape, the Red Sea. Just like the rest. It's, yeah. the, it's the greater Moses the idea. Greater Moses. That whereas, whereas they were about to die at the hands of, of, of Pharaoh and their backs were against the sea, God split the sea and they ran into safety. Jesus. And at this at this time, it says that, that God, instead of doing the sea, he's going to one up it and he's going to split a mountain. And they're going to run through the mountain. And instead of the waves crashing, I mean, you know, where the waves crash down on, on the Egyptians, the wave that's coming is this one's coming down the mountain. It's Jesus and his armies. Zechariah 14 says, then he, when he looks wow. out the field, he'll run down the mountain, it says, and, and it will go out into the field and begin to slaughter the Antichrist. So confusion hits the camp. Um, you know, th- this is where Habakkuk talks about the light that goes forth from his hand, fever and pestilence follow. It actually says in Zechariah, it says that that when he begins to heal, he'll actually begin to hit them with like an instant plague Jesus. that starts causing their eyeballs to, 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 to disintegrate and their tongues to disintegrate in their body. Have you ever, have you ever seen the movie... Um, uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, part yeah, one. yeah, yeah. And if you remember when the Ark, Ark of the, the Covenant, Covenant was opened up and uh-huh. everybody started melting. Uh-huh. Well, Steven Spielberg was a Jew, or he is a Jew, and he actually got that. He was like, he actually from reading Zechariah 14. Wow. Um, and that's why, you know, whatever, so if you can kind of get a picture, people begin to actually disintegrate and melt. But there's not that's not the only way he's killing them. I mean, there's there's also uh, uh, Ezekiel 38, 39 talks about, says that he begins to hit with flooding rain. 
But you've got to think about it. It's doing a three and a half year drought, and all of a sudden you've got rain that's pouring at a high yeah. rate. The, the the land is subject to a complete flood. And this is one of the reasons, one of the things I think we're talking about that says the blood flows up to the horse's bridle. You could, if you took every animal and man alive in the world and you killed that's them all and you drained point. all their blood at one time, you, would, wouldn't, you wouldn't, wouldn't get it that high yeah. for 200 miles. Yeah. But if you have it, it and, and you Mixed have a couple a of ways, you have it with a flood, with the blood that's flowing. And, and who knows, you probably have some element, you've already seen the book of Revelation where the, the waters turn into blood. Uh-huh. That idea begins to take place. And then you've got, um, so you've got sword, you've got flooding rain, you've got um, uh, the, the pestilence, the plagues that begin to hit that cause people to begin to d- disintegrate. Of course, the confusion that would come from that. But it also talks about, it says that God begins to hit them with great hailstones. Wow. And when you talk about these hailstones, it actually says in Revelation 16, it says that each hailstone is the size of a talent, which is roughly a hundred pound hailstone. Gosh. Which is, I mean, you don't, that is unthinkable. That is, that is, if you dropped a bowling ball off the Empire State Building, it would go through a house and into the basement. Yeah. Easy. You know, and that's 12 pounds. You dropped a hundred pound hailstone from the, from the heavens, from the, from the, from the cloud. It is, it is, there's nowhere you hide from that. Yeah. Um, and he begins to drop hailstones upon the Antichrist army. Um, and it's. It's, it, which I always find it's, it's interesting because, you know, if you read the book of Job, book of Job was actually the first book of the Bible ever written. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's not the details of Job didn't happen before Genesis, but the, the life of Job and the story of Job actually was written before Moses wrote Genesis. Genesis. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. sense. And he actually says when God's talking to him, he says, he said, have you ever seen the treasury of hail, which I have restored for the day of judgment? <laughs> That's crazy, dude. It's nuts, man. And, uh, and you know. And so the Lord's going to drop this on there, and He's going to He's going to begin to just purge the the militaries and, and and destroy them. In Revelation 19, He kills all the militaries uh, that are with the Antichrist, captures the Antichrist and the false prophet, um, and uh, and you know eventually they're going to be slain. And there actually says it's, it's interesting. Revelation 19 says they're actually cast into the lake of fire alive, which is I don't even, I don't even know fully what to do with that. But there's other verses that make it sound like they're probably slain. So I don't I don't know exactly how that works, but. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so and the, this is all. This is the Battle of Armageddon. Yeah, this is about, this is right up to the this day twelve ninety. This is what's all. This happening. is probably day twelve twenty nine, day twelve uh, or twelve twelve eighty nine, twelve ninety, right in that range. Wow, and uh, and it ends with that Jesus then goes into the temple and tears down the abomination of desolation on day twelve ninety. And now, so here's the thing, guys. We as believers are going to be with them. If you look at, look at Psalms one, the last Psalm in the Bible, it actually says that the that that we have the the high praises got our mouth, but it also says that, that we'll have the sword. Uh, you know, in our hand, and it sucks about it says, and so we'll be binding kings in chains of iron mm. in this time. And it says, and this honor will have all the saints. And that's wow. why he says he's coming with them and those who are with him on on white horses, right? Wow. And it says, and he says, I come back with all the saints. It says the armies of heaven will follow him. And that's, yeah, let's talk about angels. But you got to think about this from a from a military standpoint. This is, this is, think about this. This is what Psalms 2 says. Says, why are the people plotting this vain thing? And he goes, the nations of the earth are gathered against the Messiah. He goes, he goes, he goes. What they're doing is insane. And if you think about it, that's why he said he goes. The Father's going to sit in the throne and laugh. Which yeah, that doesn't just mean God has a sense of humor. It literally means. I mean, he does. But it's 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 this. What you're doing is so incredibly crazy. Yeah. If you've got mortal men under the under the uh, deception of Satan that think they can actually win a battle against Jesus who is eternal, who cannot die against all the angels who are eternal and will not die. And against all the saints that have been glorified that will never die. 
Wow. I mean, it is the most lopsided battle in the history of humanity. It's 100% casualty to, to zero. It's the, they are plotting a vain thing. It is the nations are raging and it is, it is absolutely going to turn out to be a massacre for them. And this is, just, you know, this is some people, you know, we talk about this. They like this idea of Jesus, the warrior, but and some people are like, I don't, I don't, I can't see Jesus that Isaiah said he's a man of war as part of his, yeah. as part of his, his makeup of who he is. And it's not just a temporary, it's who he is forever. Mm. The very fact there's a lake of fire that's going to burn for eternity tells you that he's constantly a man of war. It's part of his. It's part of his DNA forever. Yeah. Well, he said it himself. He goes, yeah. "Don't think that I came to ring priests. Yeah. I, I came to ring war." Yeah, right. I mean, like there's there's a there's a level a sword. of a yeah. sword. Yeah, he he is. But I mean, he. So this is a part of who he is, and uh, he is going to, uh, um, you know, it's 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 the war that's going to end all the wars. Because it actually says after this war, we'll talk about this a little bit in the kingdom. It says that he's going to then train the nations to take their their military equipment and to to beat it and turn it into farming equipment. And then yeah. the will never learn war anymore. Jesus. And so, um, there's a great quote that says that, 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 uh, some peace can only be found on the other side of war. Yeah. You know? And so the very man of peace. Yeah. He's bringing war in order to bring peace. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's where, it's where the nations are. And so anyway, um, can I, can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah. What's happening with the bulls, right? So we got, so, we got, yeah. think of it. The battle of Armageddon's happening. 1260, three and a half years is up. Right. Jesus is on the earth. What's going on? What, how are the bulls? So the bulls, out? if you look at the bulls of wrath, they are, they are, um, the, 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 the severity of their, of their judgment requires a very short period of time. Right. Mm. So for example, he, during this last period, he only gives the Antichrist kingdom. He, he basically turns all the water on the earth into blood and says he gives them blood to drink. It's mm. all they can drink. Because he says he said it's, it's, it's the, and the, the the church cries out says it's the righteous judgment of God because they slit they had slain the blood of all the all the believers and prophets wow and so you, you don't live very long on on blood mm-hmm. like you just can't I mean that, that you know you you got you got a few weeks you know you got you know, whatever it is you know um, the waters turn to blood I mean you have to think about this the oceans all turn to blood mm. I would just I mean we we don't even I can't even can you imagine just the the smell. Mm. Okay, I, I was. If you go, if you ever been like to the to the ocean, like in a red tide or something like that, yeah, and the smell terrible. comes in miles. It comes in miles. Like you could smell it. It's a there's a unique like foul, foul odor, yeah. and that's nothing. Imagine every whale, every shark, every fish, everybody's belly up in the in the ocean. All mm. of them are beaching on the every single shore that can wow. get there. Golly. The rotting, the, the the and just the smell of blood for for I mean, that yeah. much. Like I you know, I don't even we don't even that is that is an unbelievable picture. It can only it can only sustain itself for a short period of time. Yeah. So these um, are being poured out in that thirty day window. Yeah, during that thirty day window. Because there's there's no other there's just no other way. Right. And it's very clear it's coming against the throne of the beast. God is God is he is he is strategic he's, it's like the uh you know, before we do a ground ground attack, you know, what do we do? We, we send in the air raids and we try to thin out the, uh, the, the military divisions through bombing and through mm-hmm. those. Well, this is the bowls are like that. It's like the, it's the heavenly air raid against the antichrist That's kingdom brilliant. until the, uh, until the, the ground warfare starts. And we're on the earth with him, with him walking this same Moses like journey. Yes. Going through Edom, going through Jordan, not going around. Right. Filling prophecy. We show up to the battle of Armageddon. You're going to be going saving yes. Jewish people. The mountain splits. Yeah. In warfare. And, yeah. and, and it's, and God just well, destroys. And, them. and think about this for a second. At the first coming of Christ, 
Jesus gets to the Mount of Olives, right? He's about to make his procession into Jerusalem. Uh, if you've ever been to Israel, then you, if you've ever seen the Temple Mount and, 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 and its location related to the Mount of Olives, it's like, it's like you can see it. It's like, it's like, it's just down, it's like, it's right there. Like you can, yeah. it's a couple hundred yards. I mean, it's, 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 you know, it's a quarter mile. I don't know, half mile. I mean, it's, it's, it's super walkable is my point. Yeah. He's at the Mount of Olives. He's going to go to the temple and he's going to do a procession on the way in. And he turns to his disciples and he says, go to this other town that's like miles and miles and miles away. And when you get there, you're going to find a donkey and bring me that donkey. I need it to ride. Into, but if from you think the Mount of exactly, Olives, no, no, it'd be, to it'd, Jerusalem. It's completely crazy. It's like yeah. from a, just logically, it took 10 times longer to go get the donkey than it did to walk from the Mount of Olives to the temple. Mm-hmm. But he was making a prophetic statement about his first coming in relation to a second coming because there's, in, in other words, at the first coming, he came riding lowly on a donkey from, and, and he traveled from the Mount of Olives into the temple. And what did he do when he gets to the temple? First thing he did, he goes in there and he cleanses the temple. Yeah. And it's the picture of the second coming. But this time he's not coming on a donkey. He's riding on the war horse. Mm. He's going to Jesus. battle and then he's going to go and he's going to cleanse the temple. And he made, that whole thing was a prophetic picture. Again, it wasn't logical. It was to show a prophetic picture. Go get yeah. the donkey several miles away so I can walk a couple hundred yards with it or ride a couple hundred yards. But he's going to... So, so I, we believe he's going to ride on the sea of glass. It's going to land on Sinai. I believe it's going to travel. I didn't say this earlier, but it's going to travel with him on the earth. That's yeah. why you have wheels. That's why you have wheels. Totally. Why, why do you have wheels for anything? It, yeah. It's only for land travel. Mm-hmm. And it's going to roll across the earth. It's going to come up to the Mount of Olives. He's going to get off, and then he's going to mount what we call the you know, war horse or whatever, and they're going to ride out into battle. And we're having this holy procession parade. Yes. I think about it like, uh, it sounds so silly, but I, there's a live action uh, version of uh, of Aladdin you know, with Will Smith in it, uh-huh. right? And there's that scene where, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, Aladdin's yeah, yeah. coming yeah. to Prince Ali, you know, and, and there, there's dancing yeah. and there's, you know, it's, it's just awesome, right? Yeah. And I'm thinking, okay, that's it. Yeah. We're just, we're having this holy, awesome, joyful time right? going into war, knowing where this whole thing is ending. Yeah, and it's, you know, and you think about the Psalms 24, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up your everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. It's that idea of the procession, of the gates being lifted up in Jerusalem and they're entering into through the was the West Gate kind of idea, mm-hmm. you know. It's of course right now it's all it's all cemented up, but you know, the Lord's gonna uh, he'll he'll he have no problem undoing that at the great earthquakes. Yeah. And um anyway, so I I just um so yeah, so he's gonna proceed and take the abomination desolation down, and then they're gonna pr- begin to prepare for the what we call the millennial reign of Christ, the then the the reestablishing of the millennial temple on the earth and the uh the ages to come so dude that's awesome all right that's so helpful i so appreciate you explaining that um we look forward to uh the next episode we're gonna talk about the millennial grain millennial kingdom and what's going on uh on the earth after these events so until next time thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed that conversation and that you are ministered to. Please remember to follow us and to leave a good rating on your preferred streaming platform. And if you want to learn more about gatekeepers, visit gatecityatl.com gatekeepers. See you in the next episode.